Thank you for listening to Voices of Grace. I'm Ryan Peterson with the Communications Department at Grace Community Church. Our goal here with each and every episode is to profile followers of Jesus who are on mission and showing Jesus' love to others. And today, I have the opportunity to talk with Brian Brandt. Now, Brian was once the executive pastor of ministries for Grace Community Church. Today, he's president and CEO of Core Insights. Uh, among many other things, and Brian is a leadership and communications expert. He provides training and guidance for business, businesses, nonprofits, and individuals. He's co-authored Blind Spots, What You Don't Know Can't Hurt You, and also The Ambassador's Journey. Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I do want to know, do you ever sleep? Absolutely. (laughs) When do you sleep? Like, you have so much going on. I actually enjoy my sleep, and uh, but there are times where yeah, I probably don't get as much as I would like. But uh, <laughs> I joke because you just have such a full schedule, and honestly, we could take an entire interview just to go through Brian's resume. Um, the main reason, though, I wanted Brian on with me today was to talk about the amazing work he's done over the past decade plus, um, building a team of Grace volunteers to serve at Bethesda's Saturday Clinic, and we will get to Bethesda. But Brian, first, give us a little background about yourself, where you're from originally, and your family. Yeah, so the quick version would be about 22 years in Oklahoma. Graduated from the University of Oklahoma, so a little boomer sooner there. A sooner. Uh, (laughs) Then about 10 years in Missouri with a little time in Chicago, and then been down here in Texas since 1997. And I've been married almost 30 years to Ann Therese, who taught, uh, taught second grade at Grace Community School for a while. And then we've got three kids that are 25, 22, and 18. So um, how did you guys, um, before I get into your relationship with Jesus, how did you guys get here, like into Tyler? Yeah, so we got down to East Texas because I became the CEO of Sky Ranch in 1997. Okay. And that's what brought us to East Texas. And I was out there about five years total. Okay. So at what age did you come to know Jesus? Yeah, so I would say I came to know Jesus at a young age, probably in that, you know, seven-ish year old range, but my walk with Christ really took off in college. Okay. So I was playing tennis at OU, and I went to FCA, but I had a, a serious back injury, then, which you probably don't usually hear tennis players with back injuries, but I had one, and uh, and it was pretty serious, and that really caused me to to reflect on things, and I think because of the people God had put in my life, primarily through FCA, it, it really changed things, and then uh, ended up spending the next 15 years in Christian camping, and uh, just really growing during those years. So on the website for Core Insights, it says the mission is to create an aha experience and moments. What was your aha moment for you, I guess, in terms of your walk with Jesus to serve him, that he wasn't a hobby, but this was going to be a passion for you? Yeah. So it was during those college years, and it was, I I think I came to the realization that uh, the things that I was kind of living for really weren't going to provide much, if you will and uh, much fulfillment, that is, and just really got a taste for ministry and a taste for, for the Lord and saw so many passionate Christian, young Christian people that had a relationship that I didn't have, that uh, it wasn't at that level, it wasn't at that strength or that maturity, and that really changed me. 
So you have been a CEO, a PR director, a sales director, a tennis coach, an executive pastor. All of these are positions of leadership. Have you always felt comfortable leading? I mean, is that something you've just felt you've been good at? Uh, I think the short answer is no. Um, but I, I can see element. I feel like I've always been entrepreneurial. I okay. mean, you can look back at you know, things I did when I was 5 and 10 and 15 that were very entrepreneurial at that age. And I can kind of look back and see little bits of, of leadership, maybe in those high school years, and a little bit in college increasing. But those first, that senior year of college, I got the opportunity to uh, coach the women's tennis team at OU. I learned a lot about leadership there and then in those first few years of my career. And then I ended up getting a master's in global leadership. So I really kind of leaned into it and really wanted to learn. So I would say, no, not naturally, but I did work hard and continue to work hard at understanding leadership at at all different levels and, and trying to learn and be a better leader. Was there a time, did you think that maybe coaching would be your, I mean, that would be something that you would do further? Or was that just kind of a short-term thing when you were doing that? The tennis coaching was short-term. Okay. I, I still do a lot of leadership and executive coaching. Right, but in and, terms of athletics, like yeah. as a tennis coach, was that something that you thought maybe you would do more of, or that was just kind of a short-term thing? I think I always thought it was pretty short-term. There was a time where I looked at being a, a tennis professional that right out of college. Wow. Uh, as far as not playing, yeah, uh, coaching, but that's yeah, that's still Just, it was. There's a, a big differentiation <laughs> between playing and coaching, as far as my abilities, and uh, and so there for a while I, I did consider that. But I do think that a lot of the lessons that I learned, like teaching tennis at age 16 into my early 20s, really do play into some of the executive coaching that I do now. Absolutely. I, that's why I, you know, being a sportscaster, former sportscaster, right. I, I think there's so many life lessons with everything we do in competing in athletics. So yeah, that's why I just was interested because there's so much you can learn from that. Um, okay. I mentioned earlier, you were the executive pastor of ministry here at Grace. How did you get to Grace Community Church? Yeah. So when we moved down in 97, um, we really only we, we really didn't know anybody in Tyler, but somebody that I worked with had a, a family member here. It was the Fergusons, Jay okay. and Ashley Ferguson. They lived in Tyler and were going to Grace, and so they were kind of the first people that we were introduced to, if you will, even before we moved here. And they told us about Grace, and we came to Grace, and it quickly, I mean, realized this was going to be our Grace home. And, you know, we're in small groups and things like that. And so we were, we were strongly involved in Grace bef- well before I came on staff. So how long were you, I guess, in a pastoral role? And then what led you into the direction that you were going to move on maybe into more of the leadership things that you're doing now? Yeah. So I was, I was on staff for eight years. Okay. And seven of those, the last seven were executive pastor of ministries and, and working with Doug all of that time, which was fabulous, no joke, even if he's not in the room, but she, <laughs> which he isn't, but uh, we're great. I'll make sure he listens to Yeah, this, so please yeah. do, please do. Uh, but it was during that time that I went through Leadership Tyler, and I got my master's in global leadership, and those two things combined really made me realize that I wanted to be involved in 
supporting and growing and developing other leaders at a myriad of organizations instead of just being kind of going deep with one. And so um, that's when that really that vision came to me. So we talked about your work with Bethesda, but I mean, you volunteered with Leadership Tyler, the United Way, uh, the Promise Academy here at Grace. I feel like you're involved in just about everything. How do you keep, you know, I kind of joked at the beginning, do you ever sleep? But in all seriousness, how do you keep the energy to help all these different groups and organizations and having the passion and the heart to do all these different things? Yeah, I would almost flip it and say they they energize me. You okay. know, they don't... I don't, as you mentioned, those those organizations and the volunteer roles that I have with them, they don't take energy from me. I, I, I get energy from it. And I, I love the, the mission of those organizations, um, and I love being a part of the, the leadership or the different roles that I have in those organizations. So in terms of the coaching that you do and the leadership training, um, how, how does that fill your cup? I mean, does that just get you going? I mean, to be able to try to lead someone to be the best, their best version of themselves? It really does. And, and we do a lot of different things under the guise of leadership development, if you will. But uh, I love the variety. I love the variety in what I do on a daily basis or a weekly basis. I love the different organizations. And it's really fulfilling to to see people transformed and to see the change that it makes in their workplace, but then knowing that that changes them in their home life and in their volunteer roles as well. And so it really, I, I can't remember having a bad week. Uh, of well, that's this. an awesome thing I to mean, say. I mean, I love what I do. So how would you compare it to being in ministry? Do you feel like it's the same thing? You're just not technically on a church staff uh, in terms of leading people and pouring into people? I do think it's very similar, you know, and and part of why I think initially I really wanted to do this is because it did get me into places that I wouldn't be able to get wearing the executive pastor hat, if you will. Um, but, uh, you know, I think ministry is, you know, where we live, work, and play right. and volunteer. Yeah. And uh, so I really do believe in that, and I feel like I get that opportunity. So, again, I brought you on ideally because I wanted to talk about Bethesda. So for over a decade, how many years has it been that you've been You know, I had to look it up, and the way I I figure it is, I know it was the year Katrina happened, and so that was 2005, so 17 years 17 years. So you've been leading a team of doctors, dentists, nurses, dental assistants, other volunteers from Grace Community Church uh, to have service at Bethesda Saturday Clinic. Can you explain to people that aren't familiar with Bethesda what they do? Yes, so Bethesda Clinic serves the working uninsured or working underinsured. Okay. And so if you are working in this region and you don't have health insurance or you're underinsured, then you can go to Bethesda and you can go through the kind of inpatient kind of process where they really uh, get a better understanding of what's going on with you medically and otherwise, and then they, then you can be seen there as a patient. And it is for adults only, by the way. Okay. Yeah, good. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, how did you get connected 
with Bethesda? Because, I mean, obviously it's become a passion 17 years. Right. How did you get connected originally with them? Yeah, so Dr. John English is the CEO and chief medical officer there, and just an incredible guy. We were in the same leadership Tyler class together in 2005. And at that point, I learned of Bethesda for the first time. And somewhere in the discussion, we started talking about how they wanted to have these Saturday clinics because some patients, you know, have trouble, especially if you're, you know, working in, and maybe you're uh, an hourly worker, you know, you can't miss a half a day or a day or it really takes a hit on you. And so they wanted to do these Saturday clinics and we started talking. And so I started the recruiting process of, of doctors or medical personnel at Grace and we started going there. And so for, yeah, 17 years, minus I think missing one during COVID, we've gone four times a year and we're there from about 7.30 to noon and we're seeing patients. We're seeing you know medical issues, we're seeing dental issues and uh, sometimes a few times special projects, but um, we, we get the opportunity to fully run the clinic. Not to put you on the spot here, I just was wondering, do you know how many people maybe you guys have helped over that time? You know, a fair guess might be 40 times 7, uh, well, 40 times 17 times 4, Wow. you know? Yeah. And no, I can't do that math <laughs> real quick, you know, or at least I not with the math. microphone in front of me, so... No, uh, yeah, didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just, but it's it's amazing to me that amount of time. So, has it been? Was it difficult from the beginning, um, in terms of finding the volunteers and the medical, I mean, experts? Because I mean, you're looking for all different kinds of people, correct? So, how hard is that? Well, I, I'm laughing at the first part of that question. Was it hard at the beginning? I, I don't remember. You know, <laughs> so I mean, it was 17 years ago, right? I have no idea. You could tell me it was brutal, or you could tell me it was easy. I have no clue. Um, but I will say, consistently, we've we've had some really faithful doctors and dentists and nurses and dental assistants. Actually, we've we've always been lacking in dental assistants. So I'll put a little plug in okay. there that we uh, that's one area that I I really need to sure up and and get more of. But we've always had a great foundation and they can't come every Saturday. Well, many of them do. They they put it on their calendar for the entire year and they block around that. You know, and then and so we've always got a base, if you will that's been solid, but then you've always trying to add to that base because the more doctors and nurses and dentists and dental assistants that we have, the more patients we can see. So they book based on what volunteers I'm bringing. And so I would say it's never been hard because we've had such great, faithful, consistent volunteers, but we could always have more. Right. And one thing that's changed in Bethesda over those 17 years is a lot more desire for specialized doctors. So when I first started the first few years, if I had a specialty doctor, like a urologist or a podiatrist, um, I didn't have a place for them. And now because of the growth and change in Bethesda, man, they, they just love it because then we get to see some patients that they might have to push off to, uh, quite a few more months. So it's really beneficial in that way. Um, what has it meant to you to have so many devoted volunteers that I'm sure many have been doing it for, for several years? I oh, mean, that yeah. has to be pretty special. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got some that have been with me the entire time. Um, you know, I love it. And, it, and it's, sometimes that's the only time I see them. 
you know, but it, so it's like, you know, homecoming, if yeah. you will, or something. But, um, you know, it really, it, it is a treat for me to get to play that role of kind of coordinating it and uh, leading and liaisoning with Bethesda. The, the Bethesda staff is great to work with. And so, you know, when I send out some messaging that says, hey, here's our, you know, we're five weeks away. Are you able to volunteer? Um, yeah, it, it, it does my heart good to get the, the yeses or, hey, I wouldn't miss it and those kinds of things. How have you seen God work within this, I guess, specific ministry? And I don't know, um, and maybe, you know, let fill us in, like, are you guys actively professing the gospel when people come, or do those conversations happen, but how have you seen God work? Yeah, and and that is a a great question, and something different than what some of these medical professionals get to do in their day in and day out. And so what we do, quick backstory, is we show up at, well, I show up a little early, but at 7.30, we breakfast tacos, we do introductions, and we have a devotional, and we start seeing patients at 8.00. And during that 30-minute time, every time I read them a card that we're going to hand out that's in both English and Spanish to every patient that we see that day, and it tells them, hey, we're here as volunteers from Grace Community. We're here to take care of your medical needs, but we're also here to help you with any spiritual needs that you have. And if you would like us to pray with you or for you, we would be happy to do that or discuss. And so it really kind of opens that door. And so over the years, yes, we've seen some, some incredible opportunities for, for ministry that, that come about. And then that ministry is going on at Bethesda all the time. And so sometimes it's just we're there taking care of things, um, following up to what had happened months or years before. And sometimes we're planting seeds that Bethesda staff and volunteers will really, you know, harvest later on. And so there's all those things. But, you know, I, I just, over the years, the, the, the times that I've seen, like in dental, for example, where somebody has been in excruciating pain for weeks and hadn't been able to get in, and they come in, and, and it's usually had some additional um, challenging challenges for them. So they may have been missing work because of that. And because of that, they may be close to missing rent and things like that. So it just, it's the chain reaction. Yeah. yeah. And so they come in and, you know, odds are some teeth are going to get pulled, but they've got relief and they got relief instantly and they smile and, and their smile may look a little different without a tooth or two, but they're just so relieved. And, uh, it's just, it's a pleasure to get to, to be a part of that in a small way and to get to see that and get, you know, help the volunteers to have that opportunity. Um, I would imagine, too, it has to be um, a powerful thing for someone to come in and not maybe just feel like they're just a patient, um, a number that someone's coming in, I'm going to check this and leave, but that they feel like they're, they're seen, they're known, they're loved. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, our, we're not on this. I mean, we see we see a lot of patients on a Saturday yeah. morning, but we're also we're not super rigid. There's no uh, standards where it's like, okay, they've been in there three minutes and thirty two <laughs> seconds, and that's twenty seconds too long. You know, there's none of that going on. Right, um, and you had mentioned earlier, you're always looking. Um, for new volunteers, what would you say to someone to encourage them to consider volunteering with this? And I guess just your your kind of pitch for always looking for more help with Bethesda. 
Yeah, and I, I would aim that really strongly at med- medical and dental personnel. Okay. That's, you know, there's there's rarely very many needs outside of okay. that, unfortunately. It'd be nice, I guess, if I yeah. could take, but, but really those are the needs. Um, you know, I, I would just say 17 years. I mean, there's a reason I've been doing this 17 years. There's not a lot of things I've been doing for 17 years, and it's because it's a great ministry who's really— they are engaging with people that we, we mean the Brants, but also Grace Community might not interact with other otherwise, and this is just a fantastic way to serve uh, both this community and the kingdom, and it, it's it come try it. You know, and I've told people, you know, if you want to go, I'll take you down and give you a tour, you know, some weekday night. You can come on a Saturday morning for 30 minutes and I'll give you a tour. Or you can jump in and join us on a a full clinic sometime. But, you know, just taste it, you know, taste and see. Check it out. You had mentioned, um, you had joked when I had asked about the beginning 17 years ago. That was so long ago, you don't even remember. But could you have imagined back then that this would still be going the way it is? I mean, how does that fulfill fill your heart, like, that this is something that you're still passionate about? You have all these volunteers that have stuck with you through the whole thing that you guys are still doing this after that amount of time. Yeah, it, it is a little shocking. Yeah, it, it really is. But there's, you know, I'm leaning in, Grace is leaning in with going, okay, what else can we do? And so we've We've beefed up efforts. You know, this last time, we took more volunteers than we ever had before. That's awesome. Um, so it, it was fantastic, which means we got to see more patients than I believe we ever have before. And so uh, I think it's great. But I will say, too, you know, I, I love our veteran volunteers. But every time we have some folks that had never been to Bethesda before, and that's a, a treat, too. And some of those, it turns out, they have ended up volunteering during the week as well. And so there's those kinds of stories. In fact, sometimes we've even had people that started on a Saturday morning with Grace and volunteered or served in another way and ended up going on staff. So that's a a neat opportunity. And I will also say one of the pleasures for me in my role has also been to help other churches do this as well. And so uh, if you happen to be hearing this or you know somebody that's in the medical profession at another church, you know, that's a a great thing too. So there's been times where we've had somebody come from another church and serve with us, and then they go and they start the same kind of ministry at their church, and uh, it multiplies. That's so great. And yeah, I encourage you, if you are in the medical field, um, you know, Holy Spirit, stir in your heart. Yeah, please check into this. It's such a great... I I just love what you guys have done with this over the years. Um, Brian, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it, and thank you for your continued work and furthering God's kingdom. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, Ryan. All right, well, thank you so much for listening today. I am Ryan Peterson. This has been Voices of Grace.